Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Truth, Justice, and Ian Hanway here on AP Radio. Well, I think we might have to change the name of this show pretty soon. As I mentioned before, I do want to change up the way the show works now. And I think the first step is to get another voice on this program. And I found probably the best candidate right now for it. His name is Chris. He's a dear friend of mine. Say hello to uh, to the world, Chris. Hi, everybody. It's uh, great to join you all tonight. Uh, oh, or man, today you, or you, whenever you, this is. Oh, man, he's looking great. <laughs> we were just having some technical difficulties and stuff before the show started. Like he was like screaming essentially into the microphone and he was getting like no like lines picked up on the uh, recorder. But now you're looking great, Chris. Oh, that's good to know. Yeah, he got a little bit of nervous, but, you know, he'll probably get it out of his system pretty soon. I'm just going to try to make eye contact with you with these giant pieces of metal in our way. Yeah, I can see one eye. So we're at sort of half contact right now. It's, it's going to be <laughs> it's going to have to be it's going to have to be. So Chris has been a friend of mine for like, what, over 10 years now? Yeah, I would say so. We've known each other since I believe the sixth grade. Was that with the year you came into Bosco? Yes. All right. So we've known each other for. I want to say maybe about a dozen or a baker's dozens of years. We're a full pastry now, Chris. Are you happy? Well, you know, that's the first time anybody's ever called me a pastry. But uh, now that I've been <laughs> called that, it doesn't sound like an insult. So uh, thanks, Ian. <laughs> oh, anytime. Um, so we're just going to have a, you get to know Chris a little bit better. And then we're just kind of find some stuff to talk about. Like, it's going to be the same kind of show as we're familiar with, but now we might have some extra ideas to bounce off of. It might be more conversation instead of just some crazy guy talking to himself for an hour. And then just kind of looking at the screen like, what do I do now? I don't know what else to talk about. But hopefully with the conversation, we can keep the uh, thoughts going and have them sound a little more concise. So, Chris, I think uh, maybe just tell the uh, world a little bit about yourself. What makes you tick and stuff like that you know tell us your tale sure so the last five or so times i've been asked to tell people about myself was at a job interview and i'm not good at that question i always mumble something about i just really love to work with people and you know i i do love to work with people i love ian i love pretty much everybody to some extent but uh the reason i'm here is because i care about a lot of the same things Ian cares about. You know, we like our pop culture. Uh, we do like our beer, although I'm not sure if he's giving me any today. Might be a little too early for that. And additionally, um, you know, I also bring to the table, I care about uh, books, literature. I care about current events as well as the usual, uh, you know, movies, games, all the good stuff. And I, you know, even if I don't think something's perfect, I can still always find something to appreciate about it. Even if something's my favorite, I can still, you know, find something to delve a little deeper into. And I, I, I like, uh, I like, you know, having these deeper discussions about things. A jack of all trades, I see. I like that. See, guys, it's not just, it's not just going to be me anymore. We're going to have actual conversations. <laughs> it's not just going to be. Well, I think it's going to be. Well, well, Ian, that's all good and all, but. I think you're wrong. I can't wait. I'm excited. Damn, my phone's blowing up. What the fuck? So I guess my next question is, what are those? We talked a little bit about your pop culture things. What are those things in pop culture that you want to say is like your forte or something that you specifically like to talk about or have a passion for? Well, that's a good question. So I think uh, my big thing has always been science fiction, I think, to some extent or another. I always loved the Star Wars movies. Uh, now I'm starting to get into Star Trek as well. I read sci-fi books when I was a little kid. You know, I read all those Animorphs books from the library. You know, kids turning into gophers and so on. Gophers. And, uh, not specifically gophers, <laughs> oh. but I mean, they could, you know. <laughs> Sky's the limit. And, uh, you know, recently I'm, I'm trying to uh, always keep up with you know, just have some different sci-fi book or uh, fantasy story, you know, that I'm reading. And I also do some of my own writing as well. So that's the sort of field I'd like to work in. Don't we all? It's a really fun field to work in. I just have so many ideas, but just not enough time or the proper equipment to just type away all day. Uh, how have you been in terms of current events, like with pop culture in this year since December? It's December. If people are listening to this uh, later 
and 2019 is coming to a close. How well have you been kept in, keeping up with uh, 2019 and stuff? And how excited are you for the 2020 landscape? Okay, so we're talking about uh, pop culture news here. Just uh, just yeah, right now, I guess we're I don't think any of us are well equipped to handle a presidential candidate talk right now, <laughs> especially since a certain somebody's sucking on fingers. <laughs> I'm not in the mood. <laughs> yeah, just uh, wanted to clarify there. So, I mean, I think it's been a pretty good year overall. Uh, a lot of movies coming out and you know not just the usual superheroes and stuff but i'm seeing a lot of things that have had broad appeal in all kinds of different directions you know you see stuff like ford versus ferrari where it's cars and there's like nerds who've you know probably watched a race like once in their life who are like yeah that looks great you know there's yeah. uh did you see that movie i have not seen it yet i'm okay. looking forward to that so i'm seeing uh there's things like that going but of course you know we also had endgame which was for better or for worse the biggest movie of all time now they say definitely um, for worse seeing uh <laughs> we can get into that another time but another i would time. say I'd, i'm pretty close in agreement with ian on that one <laughs> uh you know we're seeing uh, uh technology wise we're seeing a lot of companies trying new things uh the latest i've heard is google stadia which has also not been so hot from what I've heard, but I do admire companies when they try new things as they try to expose people to different ways to game or enjoy media or anything else like that. So I think 2019 has been kind of an, I would say an experimental year. We're seeing, you know, games, uh, Kojima popping back up with Monster Energy uh, product placement in some kind of post-apocalyptic adventure game i have no idea what's going on you know? i Even think the rest uh, of the game base who's playing it <laughs> i think we're in a broadening time i think things are uh growing in a lot of different directions awesome so i saw a lot of movies uh, i think because of thinking outside the box office another show we have on this uh radio station um i guess just since we're on the topic of movies since i kind of been leaning towards that just to clarify how many uh what's the what's your favorite movie of 2019 that you've seen uh so far let's see out of 2019 uh i'm gonna think about that actually it might be the lighthouse uh kind of a horror suspense thriller movie just came out in limited release uh since we live in near since we live near a major market i was actually able to see it which many people were not so we are we are hashtag privileged i will say Oh, for sure. I was able to see it on, uh, I think it was like a random, like a Sunday afternoon. Very weird time. It was a really good movie. Speaking of limited releases, I think I just saw, I saw The Irishman, that Robert De Niro uh, Scorsese film. I'm actually, I'm actually not sure I heard about that, so could you tell me a little? Uh, it's a, It was a limited time release, uh, but it's on Netflix now. It's with Robert De Niro. He plays a, a notorious Irish hitman, Frank Sheeran, I think who was like who could have been the direct murderer of the uh labor union oh god what's his name oh man oh come on you know fill the bars <laughs> just uh make an artful transition you know that's what i would do <laughs> yeah i'm trying to i'm just trying to remember the guy's name like i oh yeah jimmy hoffa holy shit the the labor guy from the 50s and 60s um who disappeared in the mid 70s like he it's been it's said that like months before his death he came out and said like oh yeah i was the guy who killed jimmy hoffa like the guy has been missing for like four decades or something now and they're like i don't know if that's actually accurate or something stupid like that but it was a really really uh good movie following like a gangster's life and it's like you know it's really sad when like this movie made me feel sad for a gangster that was like an actual piece of shit in real life no, I think that's what good film can make you do is you can empathize with all kinds of people, even even the worst of us, because, you know, we all have we all have parts of ourselves that could take a pretty dark turn, I think. And I guess this is my uh, smugly sipping the wine moment that it was real cinema. Yeah, that, that's the other thing, you know, is is the movie landscape changing our audiences looking at new kinds of movies or are we just changing because i remember a few years ago when i didn't see anything in theaters except like you know guardians of the galaxy and uh civil war and you know i, I love all those movies too uh, some of them but yeah I, I do think i'm starting to broaden maybe just like maybe the market is as well 
I, th- I think it's nice to be having my uh, horizons broadened. I feel like that there have been some movies that it has been like, either you have a live action Disney movie or you have a superhero movie and it's like, okay, well, Disney's obviously just kicking ass at the box office, but I kind of just go see the superhero movies just to be like, one day I'll be done because like I had like a commitment that until Thanos got his ass kicked, I would watch these stupid movies. And now I'm like, well, now his ass is well, kicked. Not only did he get his ass kicked, but his past self from five years ago got his ass kicked. Yeah, so it's, it, been, uh, it's that's two. That's uh, twice as much as enough. You know? So I guess it's so I have like twice the amount of reasons to not watch any more Marvel movies after that. But like before the longest time, it was like that was kind of it. And now like since the DC uh, movies landscape has been very different and I don't even, and they don't even really know what they're doing. So it's like, Hmm, I can actually go see other movies now. And there's actually some really cool other movies. Like a lot of these based on true stories, a lot of these kind of like nice suspense movies, like they've made horror more than just jump scare, jump scare, jump scare. Basically one of the things I just hated about scary movies is it's like, yeah, I'm going to get scared, but is it is it really earned does it really add anything to the film like it just is like ooby spooky like i don't i don't like to get spooked like that i want to get like creeped out yeah i mean at that point you know they could just pay somebody to go to the theater walk up behind random customers and shake them and they'd get a much scarier movie uh they'd get a viral moment people would tweet about it but that wouldn't make it a good movie exactly which is like i think the best way to describe 2019 in terms of like I don't know if you want to if you want to like agree to this or not. It's the year of uncomfortable has been coming back. I think you saw Joker, right? As yeah. Well. Like the ending's a little like it's got that uncomfortable feeling, like how some of the older movies kind of had like that. It's not really a happy ending. It's kind of like a what the fuck, <laughs> what did I watch kind of thing. And uh, the Lighthouse obviously was definitely not a happy ending. We won't spoil that because uh we're nice like that because we're not a movie review go to thinking outside the box office for movie reviews especially non especially spoiler full movie reviews because uh yeah they're they're pretty spoiler full in there so and even the irishman was like towards the end it was like the guy's just like he's a sad old man now and i'm like holy fuck this is really uncomfortable like he's like doing old man things the best way to describe it like you know towards the end of your life old person things like you don't have any family and stuff you're just at a nursing home just doing your day-to-day i'm like this was the most uncomfortable fucking scenes i've ever seen and i'm like i can only imagine how robert de niro who's pushing in his 70s is feeling doing this i'm like this is he's like this probably was so fucking horrible for him to be like well i'm at the end of my life kind of and i'm doing scenes where i'm picking out my own fucking casket and a plot on the wall and i'm fucking like uh you know like a crypt and i'm like oh that's got to be the worst i don't know about you like i just especially when i get older i don't know if i can ever do a scene like that if i ever was an actor well it's called method acting actually he just got so old so that he could play that role you know and that takes a lot of dedication i guess so (laughs) And um, I guess um, since now we're done with movies just for this uh, moment, in terms of games, I guess I believe you are quite the gamer. I can smell the smash on you from here. Uh, thanks. I'm not trying to insult <laughs> you. I'm just trying to gateway in here to have the audience. Know you know, you I'll, I'll have you know, I took a shower right before coming over here. So if we did play smash, I would lose. Oh, man. <laughs> He's suppressing his power just for me. Look yeah. at that. You know, it's, it's all part of living in a society. Uh, bottom text yeah. so yeah gaming wise i mean i would say my favorite games are ones that i can get a lot of time out of you know it might be a long rpg it might be a game with a bit of a grind to it it might be a game you know like a fighting game where you can perfect your skills as you play it over and over so i think i value uh longevity in gaming uh, just the kinds of things you can really sink your teeth into spend a lot of time with learn the little minutia of how it all fits together so not short and shield right well i i did <laughs> buy it <laughs> uh you know look that's the sort of thing where someone says hey chris i would like to play this game with you so i have a choice between either uh doing something fun with my friends 
or saying, nope, I don't like my friends. I want to own the corporations, you know? <laughs> and when you look at it that way, uh, anti-capitalism can be just as alienating as capitalism. <laughs> I don't so, know, Chris. I, I didn't like Destiny 1, and I was inalienated. And then the reviews came out, and my friends were very disappointed. I had so many awkward phone calls between RJ and Mark who were like, hey, Ian, what you doing today? I'm like, not playing Destiny. I just hung up on that. Yeah, did, I think I don't think they liked the first one, but I see RJ playing the second, so I guess it must have worked somehow. No, I mean like this the story goes that like RJ for like for the first game, he was super super like he was doing like a countdown. Yeah. And it was starting to get under my nerves cuz he wouldn't talk to me about anything but the countdown. He said we'd never see him again. Yeah, and it just got like really like this is it's like it can't be that great of a game it doesn't look that great and like what if it's not great and like it turned out to be a massive disappointment i remember so many people were like oh my fucking god and stuff like that wait i thought i was going to live in space in real life and instead i'm just sitting in my room playing a game and my parents are still yelling at me for some strange reason <laughs> i thought i was supposed to be in the void of space as a some person and you know in space no one can hear your mom and dad scream at you at you <laughs> but like it was just like those awkward talk calls like oh hey buddy how you doing i'm like i'm not call i'm like you're playing destiny i have other things to do today and i didn't but i was very spiteful that day and i'm like you know what anti-capitalism is delicious especially when it means my friends were wrong and i was right <laughs> <laughs> so it's not just about owning the corporations it's about owning your friends <laughs> oh I, I i i i make sure i let mark at, at least mark know how much of a dick he was to me when the beta for destiny one came out and he literally told me hey dude you want to come over and hang out today and i'm like yeah and he didn't tell me i'm just gonna play the beta and ignore you the entire three hours i was there but that's what happened and i was very upset and i'm like what the fuck but like my mom couldn't just come back and get me like right away so i was stuck there and i'm like oh my fucking god it was the worst so whenever he called me, I'm like, Mr. Sheridan, I think you owe me an apology. <laughs> All right. So and as Ian mentioned, I do like Nintendo games, but I'm also a realist. I would not consider myself a fanboy, you know, so I'll, I'll play it uh, as I get enjoyment out of it. Uh, but, you know, I'm not going to not going to go online and scream at people because they reviewed it seven out of ten or whatever. Um, so this is basically why we have them on the show. It's not just for this specific show. It's for you and you gaming, the uh, Twitch exclusive video game review show we have because Austin, Kyle and I are really not Nintendo fans. Like not even like I, I own a switch and I'm just like, eh, I, I, I use it for smash and that's it. But like in terms of Nintendo as a whole, I'm like, they're like one of the worst gaming companies ever in my eyes. And like, they just weaponize nostalgia like crazy. So like whenever something happens and it's like, Oh boy, I would like to have like a nice conversation to see if someone can be like, Oh, well, Nintendo's kind of shitty, but here's the good parts of it. But like, we don't have that. We just have three guys like, yeah, fuck Nintendo. So kind of like Chris is going to be the middleman for three really angry neckbeards who don't like Nintendo. <laughs> Three angry neckbeards. You know, that's one of my favorite movies of all time. I would say that is <laughs> cinema. That's true uh, cinema. Yeah, I mean, with... I think Nintendo does innovate in some ways if you look at games like Breath of the Wild, for example. But you also see games like uh, Pokemon Sword and Shield where, you know, they put some love into some aspects of it. But they also say, yeah, our fans will buy anything. Um you know, when, in a, at a time when people are becoming more aware of how bad crunch is for game developers, I just want to say I'm sure Game Freak is a great place to work. I think, you know, they have uh, spa days, they uh, drink all the time, uh, they, you know, they sit there just uh, playing fan games before they delete them from the internet. You know, they have a fun time at the office, and then every now and then, you know, when they're getting a little bored, a little sober, you know, they... They say, hey, uh, let's make a couple new Pokemon today. And <laughs> and so, I mean, anybody who ever wants a game development job, look, if you speak Japanese, apply to Game Freak. I'm sure they'd love you. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they would. And I'm sure you'd love them, too. 
it just reminds me of this uh, one of these jobs I was applying to. I think it was Home Advisor, and I don't have any qualms about talking mad shit about them because it was like a really weird, awkward experience. So it was like this place. It's in Chicago, so that was actually kind of like the only benefit to it. It was like a decent salary with uncapped commission, but I also wanted to know the re- the salary to commission ratio. I mean, because like I'm not much of a person who wants to work and be like 70% of my good income is going to be from being a kiss ass and do commission when I show up and go to work and perform my duties and only have that be 30% of like what I could be earning as opposed to what I actually earn. So I emailed this person and I asked her that question. I said, is that appropriate to ask you? And she never got back to me, but like I saw like she had like this really awkward like message to me and she's all like, Home Advisor is such a great place to work. We have like free lunch every day. It's like a party, yada, yada, yada. And I'm like, but, but I, I have a question. How much are you going to pay me to party every day? If like, I'm supposed to sell people stuff. Like I, I was just asking her questions that she didn't want to answer. I'm like, wouldn't yeah. that be great? Like when you're saying like, oh, we're a party environment and be like, but how about actual work though? Wouldn't that be more something like, oh, I like him. He's actually concerned about the job instead of just the environment. Because, like, there's only so many times I can do shots off Brad's ass before I kind of want to actually sell something today. I would like to do something and get paid for it. Oh, God, that I had an interview like that recently. And, uh, you know, every company wants to be the cool, hip place to work. You know, it's like... Yeah there's the kitchen with the free food and the beer and you know uh and they make you go in at like 8 30 and leave at 5 30 plus you know your commute and they're like hey you know maybe if we add these little things that make us sound cool you'll be okay with just living here maybe maybe we just don't have to send you home you could just sleep here you know (laughs) Uh, I think companies can just do an easy job and be like, hey, we just treat our employees like people. We give you a pretty good wage. We give you good health benefits. I'm pretty sure that's what I wanted to hear. That's what gets me excited is like, oh, I get like benefits, health benefits. Yeah, you get really good health benefits. And I'm like, oh, take me now, please. Like, I, I, I don't give a fuck if it's a white fucking building with a bunch of fucking desks. I'd be like, this is the shit. Like, I'm just happy. I would be way happier than like, oh boy. It's like, we're doing jello shots again today. I uh, I don't know why we're doing jello shots again. I, I'd like to get some work done because I don't want to be like fired from this freaking vacation that just so happens to also be getting paid for. Like, fuck, I'd rather not. <laughs> And I think the thing about that Bluemont place that, you know, that place that turned out to be a hundred percent commission that they decided to like leave yeah. out of my conversation. Yeah. Their whole thing was like, are you okay with hanging out with us after work? I'm like, absolutely fucking not. But I obviously <laughs> lie because I wanted to get the job back when they were being, when they were telling me lies. But like, I'm thinking to myself, like, I honestly hate other people that like, I'm going to have to talk to. I love you too, Ian. No, I meant like, <laughs> I've known you for so long. And I think that even if we just met, like, I think we get along better. But like, these people were like in their late 20s and they're like, I've already saved like about a couple million dollars in my savings. And kind of like, okay, go fuck yourself. Can I have a loan? <laughs> or I'll beat you up in the parking lot, you son of a bitch. Like, it just had like this amount of arrogance and just douchebaggery that I'm like, no human being should be this snotty and working for like a fucking door-to-door salesman for AT&T. I'm like, this is, there is a disconnect here that I am not okay with. So it was just kind of one of those things. It was like, do you want to hang out with these people willingly after work? It's like, bad enough. I'm going to have to be in a car with these fucks eight hours a day <laughs> of my, because I have to get paid. No, I'm not coming here on my phone free will. And they got like kind of upset with me that like, how are like, Ian, you're kind of a new guy. Like, how do you like this place? I'm like, I don't like this place at all. And, and remember, I, they weren't paying you to go in the car with them because you were getting paid only commission. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so you I, were doing it for free. Like, a, 
Yeah. I was basically like, I mean, they were all like, hey, dude, we're going to get you a, get you a couple checks under your belt. I'm like, no, you're not. You're not paying me. <laughs> and I kind of just left and never came back. But it was just one of those questions. It's like, do you have a passion to hang out with people you don't have a passion to hang out with? No. Well, I have a passion for making money. It's just if, you know, you're not making money, uh, you're not having a passion for it. Exactly. Like, I mean, uh, I, I think it's just like, I think there's a perfect balance. I'm sorry, I totally cut you off. But I think there's a great balance of making a decent amount of money and having fun at work. I think there's a balance that you can find. But I think it's just like, it doesn't have to be, we're all working, no play. We're all playing, no work here. Well, I kind of want to have both. Maybe if like we had a nice relaxed environment that had more than just one color in the entire room, you gave us like the option to have casual Fridays or we just showed up to work casually and did our jobs casually instead of having to wear khakis, I could wear jeans or I can do something else. And it would be like, it's fine. I think like there's this small things you can do instead of being like, Oh, be professional. It's like, I think I can come to this. I think I can wear exactly what I'm wearing and still be professional. I obviously, I know clothes make the man, but it's like, if you're fucking selling car insurance, I don't think this is going to be a difference than like, Oh, I'm wearing a suit and I'm just still being a dick to you, making you pay over much, making you overpay for car insurance in my personal opinion. <laughs> oh Yeah. I guess I, th I think I guess the final question probably is what do you want to get out of this specific uh, new uh, part-time volunteering radio job? Well, you know, uh, it's, it's a good thing that I do like Ian because I'm not getting paid, folks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I'm I'm glad to be here because I always like uh, shooting the shit with folks. Uh, I think me and Ian have always had a good back and forth going. Uh we uh, agree in some ways, we don't agree on others, but uh, whatever it is, it's always going to be pretty dynamic. Uh, I'm just really glad to have a chance to get my voice out there, spend some time uh, discovering different things and exploring the things I already care about. Well, we are happy to have you, Chris. And uh, I think you're in the last half hour, um, since we're almost done with this half hour, you are warming up very well to the microphone. Some people are just kind of like super quiet and timid. Like if I had a dollar for all the people I interviewed in college and they were just like, like towards the end of like a two hour interview, then they're starting to like talk. I'm like, you know what? Can we just redo the entire program? Cause like you were so quiet for the first three fourths of this. And now I kind of want to like redo it. And they're just like, no. And I'm like, fuck. It reminds me of a journalism class I took in college where I had to get a couple phone interviews out of people. And I was just fishing for quotes and like my recording of the call where they were just whispering and mumbling. And I'm like, I'd love to quote that, but I don't know what they said. Exactly. It's just one of those things that I'm like, oh, my God, it's just the worst. But um, thanks for being here for the first half hour. We will be right back here on Truth, Justice and Ian Hanway. This was Chris's introductory episode or introductory half. We're going to come back with some more uh, shit to shoot, probably just stuff we find on the internet. And when we come back from break, this has been Truth, Justice, and Ian Hanway, title not permanent anymore. And we'll be right back. And we're back here on uh, what, what, Redacted. Redacted. <laughs> redacted. Truth, Justice, and the Redacted Way. Hey, that, you know, that sounds doesn't... awful lot like the communist wave, son. Uh oh, I'm a le I'm, I'm very le I am left-handed, so maybe I am. Maybe there's a sickle in there and a hammer on the other hand. Spooky. Uh, well, that joke f fell flatter than uh my feet. It on the fell pavement. flatter than the stomach of a person who's lived under communism. Oh. Uh, oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> you know whose stomach is not flat right now. Uh, tell me the Papa of Papa John's Pizzeria. You mean the man, uh, the myth, the legend who ate forty pizzas in thirty days? Christ, I don't think I've ever even come close to that. I think I may have forty pizzas like within like six months. <laughs> it's like a lot of more. It's like a hundred and eighty days. I'm like that's probably more accurate. 
but like 40 pizzas in 30 days because you're thinking slices or actual whole pies. He said pizzas. I think he I think he <laughs> ate the whole thing. I think he picked up the, you know, the little garlic dip and just uh chugged it. It was his refreshment. He didn't buy like Pepsi. He's like, "Nah, I got this." Like Yeah, I mean, the, you know, they don't throw in the 2 liter for free, but they throw in the garlic for free. So, uh he's got to save know, money now He lost you know. his job. He uh he he needs to save money. <laughs> but why would Papa John's pizza is so unreasonably expensive for <laughs> shitty pizza? I mean, like, out of all the pizza I think of, every other one, like, I see, like, Pizza Hut or Domino's, they always have, like, the medium for seven. I think the fucking Papa John's medium is, like, $11. I'm like, what the fuck, dude? Like, I can get, like, a medium and, like, those garlic knots that give me, like, the shits from Domino's for the same prices as one really bad Papa John's pizza. I like to have my bad food uh, budget really stretched, just like the pants I'm, a bench I'm currently wearing. Well, you know, some days you just kind of want bad food. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But, like, Papa John's and me, like, I feel like I kind of just liked it out of peer pressure because, like, we all ate it throughout high school and college for so long. It was really unhealthy. <laughs> I mean, uh, I'll say I'm okay with Papa John's uh, in terms of like cheap fast food pizza. But, yeah. you know, it's, I mean, any more than like, you know, Little Caesars or Pizza Hut, you know, you, you don't want to just do it over and over and over. Yeah, but like sometimes I, it gets the job done. I, I mean, like for some reason, I think for like for the money we spent on fucking Papa John's, we could have just went to a real pizzeria sometimes. Yeah, and we let. Uh, and if it's always the same person who orders, they get all the reward points. But then the reward points let them get you know forty Papa John's pizzas in thirty days. So maybe it's more of a punishment. <laughs> uh, you know, he he claimed that it's just not the same. Uh, you know, I guess it was. Uh, better when he was in charge of it, according to him. It just uh, tastes better with the ra the closet racism, but now that the racism is public and he's been ousted, it's like, oh no, the secret ingredients are gone. <laughs> I mean, I feel like if he'd eaten 40 of his pizzas, even at his peak, I think he would be not a happy man. I mean, yeah, I I'm just joking around. But like, Oh yeah, no. I, I do think... For I, I don't think it changed, did it? I mean, when was the last time you had it? Uh, honestly, I think a couple weeks after he, like, dropped the N-bomb during racial sensitivity training, got kicked out. So you got, like, the last little bit of racism in there? No, I think the racism was totally, totally gone by the time I got there, and it tasted really bad. I think my journey with Papa John's, if you want to call it that, I never really loved it. I was always like, the first time I had it, I think I actually, the first time I had shitty pizza period was high school. I didn't have like Little Caesars or Domino's or any of that kind of pizza, except like the Pizza Hut pan pizzas, which I'll talk about in a second because I have some words to say for Pizza Hut, but I want to save it because we're on the Papa right now. But like Papa John's, like I never had anything like that. I'm like, is it good? And I had it because we just had like a fucking party because we always had parties at high school for no reason at all and i'm like ooh, free pizza and i'm like it's not great but it ain't terrible and like within like 15 minutes i went to the bathroom and took a massive dump i'm like wow that went really through me and i'm like whatever but then we started getting it more often and i think i just started tolerating it more it was never like oh boy dom uh, like papa john's like domino's for some reason like I can actually eat Domino's and be like, I'm okay. Well, their day of reckoning already came. They revised the recipe a few years back. Yeah, but like, I, I never had Domino's when it was bad. I didn't know anyone who had Domino's. I didn't even know Domino's was real half the time. So like, whatever. But um, like, they're actually like, okay. Like, if someone's like, hey, want to get pizza? And someone says Domino's, I'd be like, yeah, sure. Why not? Like, even though there's like real pizzerias, like I can get Domino's. Like I would choose Domino's over real pizza sometimes. And I have, but like Papa John's, it was just like, I guess it was kind of like we were like slaves to the Papa. But then like when he got kicked out and then like, I don't know, like I just was like, I, I think it was just like, not only was he salty that he, he's getting kicked out because he dropped the racial slur that he claimed it was a setup for some reason that just was like this tastes really bad 
I don't know. I think it was just like the 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 shitty character he had. Just like he like I felt like he had he took a shit that was his character and wiped it on the pizza and made me eat it. And I'm like, oh, this is way worse than it ever has been. I mean, like I haven't had Papa John since, and I think he's been out gone for like two years now. I, I'd say so. And like Domino's again is a play is probably like the best of the shit pizza. I guess right now, if I don't know how, if you have anyone that you contend Domino's with right now. Uh, I mean, I feel like I've had, like, when Domino's is good, I like it better than Papa John's, but, like, sometimes I get, like, a bad one. I feel like Papa John's is usually sort of stable in the middle. Stably um, meh. <laughs> the, one I, the one I don't like is Pizza Hut, actually, but you were going to say something about them. Yeah, I was, specifically because I used to love Pizza Hut as a kid. I don't know if it was just, like, it was always shitty. And I was just a stupid kid. Like, this is the same thing I have with Burger King now. Like, both Burger King and McDonald's, I used to love more than, like, the other popular, like, whatever. Because, like, I always liked Burger King more than McDonald's. I thought their fries were better. I thought their burgers tasted better. I thought they were just an overall better fast food joint than McDonald's. But then, like, I got McDonald's more often. And then, like, I just haven't been to Burger King. And then I I keep having Burger King. And I'm like they're just the fucking worst like their fries are soggy and shit now i'm like either they are just not giving a fuck anymore like and i mean like as a company because like it's not just the one i go to it's all of them i go to they're always terrible they taste stale and shit like that and the same thing with pizza hut it's like i remember the pizza being like the cheese was like really good the sauce was okay but the crust was pretty awesome and like i had like a piece recently and i'm like did you just microwave like a month old pizza hut pizza and gave it to me and said it was fresh because that's what it fucking feels like right now oh you know actually pizza hut and burger king do have one specific thing in common which is i think they're really messy you know like burger king like you try to pick up the whopper and it's just sort of flopping and falling all over the place yeah Uh, pizza hut you know like when i hear thin crust pizza i think kind of like a stiff crust but at pizza hut it's just sort of like it's like a liquid sort of ew (laughs) i mean that's a pretty good um description but ew (laughs) (laughs) so i mean those are like even if it tastes good like you feel like it's just kind of the sort of thing you could put in like a trough and just sort of like shove your face in it you know just mix them together Sorry to anyone uh, out there who's a Pizza Hut fan. The, the current official... I'm not saying it tastes awful. I'm just saying I don't like the it, way it, that it, pizza's looking at me. It, it doesn't taste awful. It just is awful. <laughs> but, um, yeah. I, I, but, like, I think the only reason I liked it as a kid was because um, I did that Book It stuff. I don't know if you oh, had yeah. that at your school. Like, yeah, I always did that. And I'd always, like, read really long books. So, like, I couldn't read, like... uh a large number of books so i just like get kind of smart and be like oh yeah i read like chapters one and two of this book and that goes on this line <laughs> the teacher is just like you know what sure here you go and i'm glad you're reading kid yeah like i always read like really small books like five page books like because like we were in first grade and i'm like i could i i was reading at a sixth grade level not to flex or anything but like i could read big books but I wanted my personal pan pizza. And the reason for it was the pizza hut that I know about, like that is still like a restaurant, like uh, in Munster is right across from St. Thomas more essentially. Yeah. I remember going there for the pan pizzas and I remember those being good. What did you think? I used to think they were awesome. Like I would do it every week. And it was also because like it was bribery. Cause I had a catechism at St. Thomas more and I fucking hated it for the entire duration and I think it was mainly just because I was already at school all day and you're telling me that in two more hours I could do that shit again. <laughs> I don't know. Like it didn't sit well with me. And I think my mom was just like, oh my God, if you fucking get the pan pizza, will you go? And I'm like, perhaps. <laughs> and that's what she did. She just fed me the pan pizza and she would just hope to Christ I would just go afterwards. And most of the time I think she got me to go. I mean, I really didn't want to go. And I think that's the thing. I, it's unfortunate when, like, you do that for three years, and the thing I only remember is, oh, boy, that pan pizza was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> then sometimes I'm, like, afraid to revisit stuff I liked as a kid, though. Like, I remember eating the, you know, stuff like Lunchables all the time, and 
if you try it as an adult, they put sugar in all kinds of strange places, you know, yeah. like a nacho, you know, cheese dip. The cheese is sweet. The uh, salsa is really sweet and not at all spicy. Like the pizza sauce is sweet. I don't even want to try like the taco stuff because that looked nasty to begin with. Like people gave me shit for eating it because it looked like shit that I was eating. <laughs> and but it still tasted okay so i really don't want to know what that tasted like and then one time they were like hey kids uh put pop rocks in it in your pizza sauce and i mean i point is i think kids may have somewhat different taste buds than adults so there are some things i'd kind of be scared to retry yeah i do remember the pizza sauce being sweet but i think it wasn't a problem until I went to like a college visit in the city. I forgot what the college was. It was like a creative academy. We were like, I think it was like sophomore or junior year of college, of a uh, high school. And we went to this place and I had a pizza sauce at their cafeteria. The sauce was so sweet. I fucking spit it on the floor <laughs> and they got so mad at me. I'm like, what's wrong with your pizza sauce? Like it was just so bad. I couldn't keep it in my body. And I'm like, can I have a refund? And they're like, no, fuck you. And I'm like, fine. And so I shoved all that shitty pizza down my throat. And I got sick the next day because it was like there was something fucking sweet in the fucking sauce. And I'm like, that shit was disgusting. So I got real pizza afterwards. But like, I think specifically with like Pizza Hut was like, I remember it just being like awesome. Like yeah. My favorite fucking like shitty pizza place. It's like you looked forward to going there. Yeah. And like. Papa John's, I think between Papa John's and Domino's, when we just had them all the time, like, I just forgot about Pizza Hut. And I think it was mainly because you didn't like it, or it was you, and I think Mark didn't like it, or whoever it was besides you and someone else. And I'm like, okay, I just won't ever bring it up. But then I decided to be like, you know what? I'm going to try it. I'm going to relive my childhood. And it fucking sucks now. Like, it doesn't even, it's not even like, oh, it's just not what it used to be. No, it's just terrible. Like, what was I thinking as a kid? Like, either they just don't care anymore, or like, I grew up and I'm like, I demand a refund because this was disgusting. Yeah, it's hard to say sometimes, you know, like, sometimes it's just changing tastes and then adults complain about something that's the same as it always was. You know, they're like, Man, why is the new My Little Pony so childish or something like that? <laughs> they used to be above age. What the fuck? Now I just have to, now I feel dirty jerking off to them. Oh dear. Okay, anyway. <laughs> Come on, let's be real here. People adults who talk about My Little Pony, who are they, Chris? Uh bronies. Yeah. <laughs> uh you know, but it's like people are like uh Man, I remember my cartoon based on toys from the 1980s being adult and mature. <laughs> it's like, and then they watched G.I. Joe and they're, they're, they're like, where's all the blood and gore? Why? I thought this was Saving Private Ryan. <laughs> and I'm like, they shoot lasers over each other's heads. It's a war fought by pacifists. Uh, <laughs> um... I, I always I always just kind of felt like uh, when it comes to 80s cartoons, like I don't I, I always I think I joke about this with you a lot. And like people on the in this station are really upset when I talk shit about the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. But like, I just don't get the appeal. And I'm like, you have to have been an 80s kid to fucking get it. Or you had to have been captive by an 80s kid, either as a parent or a or a sibling because, like, I'm from the 90s. I like the edgy shit. I don't want Calabunga. It's like, where's the depression and angst? I demand edginess. Yo, dude, that's not cool. You need a little more pizza in your belly. I, I eat pizza on a dark rooftop covered in the rain and complain about my soul. That's my That's my nostalgia is edge. Yeah, I would not honestly want to be raised by an 80s kid because you know i'd just be sitting there you know playing Fortnite or whatever you know whatever and dad comes in like oh son why aren't you playing mario and uh sure i'll i'll try that you know and then they just put on like uh mario bros not even super mario bros and they're like when i was a kid this is what i had 
so you have to like it too. <laughs> and you know what? To make you like it more, I'm player one, and you're the shitty player two. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like people their kids not even like out of the hospital yet and they already like wrap the kid in you know like some like uh blanket of like you know their favorite 80s thing or whatever <laughs> I'm like what happens when they grow up and they don't like ghostbusters what the <laughs> i don't know i i think like for for my kids like i would probably give them a superhero blanket but i think it's because it's cute not because this is what I like. Yeah, no, I'm not trying to come at your whole life. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I w- I'm, I'm probably thinking, like, I would do that, too. But, like, I think because Andrea and I both like the superhero stuff. But, like, it, it unlike certain things, it can be appealing to children. Because, like, when I was a kid, I'm like, I love Spider-Man. Spider-Man, I think, is a perfect s- superhero for little kids. Superman and Batman, like the same and but like spider-man i think was like the perfect like little kid superhero of course but it's like if you introduce your kid to spider-man you're probably not gonna like show them you know the 60s cartoon or whatever no no i would probably show them like like, god i don't know like i don't even know what i would show them like i'm I'm show them what there is you know i mean it's like uh i guess that's what i mean you know is obviously if you're excited about something you want to share it with people exactly you also have to be able to step away and you know pick out the thing that's right for them and instead of just the thing that you know you thought was cool when you were five but maybe you know it's a little different these days oh absolutely and i think but like every time i saw like a teenage mutant ninja turtle anything even as a kid i'm like ew that's for like weirdos like and now every time i see like mark wearing the like the specifically because he has like those teenage mutant ninja turtle pajamas i'm like who let the neck beard in here? <laughs> and I don't want to trash him because I know he's like a huge, like, he loves 80s stuff. I think but a lot of that has because he was, like, probably forced to by his brother. Yeah, it's like you weren't even alive then. <laughs> I mean, like, I mean, like, I, I, I get the Sonic stuff because Sonic is, like, a 90s thing. But he was, like, early 90s. So he's still a byproduct of the 80s that had people tell him that that's no good. And I mean, like, I like Sonic to an extent. There's a lot of things I have questions about it, but that's with every fan base, not the actual character. But, like, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, I never even got this show. So when someone's all like, isn't this the best? I'm like, not in the slightest. I I fucking hate the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. You know, what I don't like about them is, I guess they changed this at some point, but they all have the same design, and then it's just the little masks are different and the weapons are different and that's it i feel like it's like it's like it's the board it's like we are the turtles uh cowabunga resistance is futile i thought that like the best and worst thing about them was that they had like because apparently they shared like the same origin as daredevil like when he gets like he pushes that old man out of the way and like radioactive waste like spills in his eyes apparently that same like chemical spill like while he's like getting blind up there the teenage mutant ninja turtles are in the sewer down there and it just spills onto them like at the same time or something because like i guess the creator is a big fan of daredevil and the first thing i think is oh that's kind of cool but at the same time like don't ruin fucking daredevil for me with your stupid fucking bullshit like ew so you're saying there's a chance that they'll show up in the daredevil show I mean, like, I don't even know if Daredevil can show up in the Daredevil show anymore at this rate with how Disney is with all their streaming service conundrums. But um, since I think we've talked enough about food and horrible 80s nostalgia, let's talk about uh, something that you kind of wanted to, like, have a little mini rant about. So we're having eight minutes or so of Chris's mini rant. Look, I don't know if I can carry it for eight minutes, folks, but here's what I will tell you. So... Uh, Star Citizen, you know, the uh, space sim crowdfunded game, has now raised $250 million from people. Now, now think what you could do with $250 million. You, you wouldn't just be able to pay some people to make a game, all right? You'd be able to pay some people to make a game, buy, you know, five mansions, run for president, just anything you want. These people can't turn out, like, one game that's not like a buggy tech demo 
and people are still pumping money into it, all right? Like, Ian doesn't know too much about these guys, so let me tell you one thing. They're, they're selling a dream of a, you know, this amazing space sim where you can explore the whole universe, and it's like an MMO with a hundred star systems, and you can cruise spaceships and do whatever you want. And So, unlike No Man's Sky? Yeah, I mean, basically everything that, you know, pre-release No Man's Sky fanboys, like, wished it would be. Like, Star Citizen's been telling people it's that. And okay. the thing is... So, they're selling this dream, and, you know, what do you dream about? Like, if somebody told you that kind of game exists, you'd, like, be pretty excited that you could do everything, right? Yeah, I would think... Um... I can be in a spaceship. I would have like a potential crew with my friends that we would have like decent enough character customization that there, there might be a central story, but maybe there might not be, you might be like, maybe you can have your own kind of adventure. Like, Hey, do you want to join the star Academy and have like the main story? Like maybe the main story is only tied to like a certain faction and you're just like a random person or something like that. Kind of like, how like division i think was supposed to be set up like you are kind of all like your own thing there's no real true central story except survival or something and you fight other people online i don't know if it ever turned into that like i don't i didn't play division one or two it was interesting enough but like i didn't care at the end of the day right so i mean you imagine you know all the kinds of things you could do in this dream game if it ever came out you know you could be a captain you could do whatever you want and the thing is Despite the fact that the game has raised $250 million from people, it is also pay-to-win. So, your people are buying spaceships that haven't even been added to the bare-bones tech demo yet. Uh, they sold a ship that's entire purpose is dropping uh, mines. They sold that for $800. It's like a JPEG of a spaceship that doesn't exist in a game that barely exists. Why? And they have like conventions for this. And it's, Wait, conventions? Yeah, there's it's Citizen Con, you know, where you can go to hang out with all the other people who've thrown hundreds and hundreds of dollars at a tech demo that's, you know, that they said would be out on like 2014, like the whole game. <laughs> and it's like. 2019's over in like 20 something days. It's like, is this. Uh, is this a cult? I mean, are they, you know, are, are they going to, like, send all their uh, fund people? God, what are backers? Are they going to, like, send all the backers, you know, like a pill and be like, you know, after you eat this pill, you'll be, your consciousness will be uploaded into outer space in real life. <laughs> you know, what's going to happen, right? Uh, is this a fun metaphor for a suicide pill? Yes, you could say that. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what, like, uh, UFO cults, you know, would always end up doing, at least in, you know, one big example. So, I mean, when you sell people a dream about traveling the cosmos, uh, just, you know, if somebody tries to sell you that dream, don't take the pill, don't buy the mine layer ship, wait and see if the game's any good. Yeah, I had no idea about this, so... I mean, so, I'm giving so you, you know, that that's like, everything I said is true, but I'm sure somebody could, like, argue with it. You don't know enough to, like, argue about it. I mean, even if I did, I'd probably be like, this is ridiculous. Because, I mean, like, I haven't backed anything yet. There would be, there's a couple of things that I'm, like, interested in backing. Like, there's, like, the Six Samurai, like, a new comic book or something that a lot of comic book creators are trying to do, but it's, like, an indie creation. And I'm like... Yeah, that, that looks like fun. That looks cool. I don't know if I would pay like that much money to back them or something, but um, it, I mean like it's like donate what you can, and it's like I think that's fine. But like for these things, like oh, you have a tier of like the minimum you can do is like five bucks, and it's like you get out, you get like a congratulatory sticker or something fucking stupid like that, and it's like two hundred dollars you can be in the credit. It's like. I don't have $200 and why would anyone have $200 just to have their name in the credits? Like you didn't fucking do anything. All you did was give people money so they can give you a pretty eh game. Yeah. And I mean, like, I know that we have some friends who do do the backing stuff. We won't name them, even though we probably have named them earlier in the show. But, um, 
I, I just don't understand like that mentality. It's like, oh, well, it's going to be great. And it's like Mighty Number no. 9 was not even close to being great. <laughs> it was really bad, actually. And um, I mean, there have been crowdfunding successes. Oh, absolutely. Uh, people, you know, point to Shovel Knight as one moderate promise, you know, of a, a classic style platform game and that does not you know suck your dick or whatever and it just had realistic promises it was a pretty good game and people who backed it felt pretty good about it yeah but i think i i think like the biggest thing is that there's so many people who have these like unrealistic expectations on both sides and yeah i do think that like if the game fails to deliver i think they should issue refunds i think that's something that i think um should go with anything like when uh wwe 2k2 2020 looks like the way it fucking does a glitchy fucking mess and people played paid good money for it and it looks like something that someone made in 1980 as a tech demo in 2019 as a triple a fucking game i think you should be allowed to issue refunds because that's fucked up and I think people who don't be like, oh, well, you technically bought the game, so I don't want to issue a refund or something stupid like that. And I mean, like, the whole fucking Fallout 76 mess, which we're not going to get into, but just the fucking bullshit around the refunds and stuff with that. The fact that the value of the game was like, hey, buy a controller, we'll give you a free copy of this shit game. Like, it got to that point that, like, it meant meaningless to anybody because <laughs> they had so many copies returned. And I think it's just like, it really depends on the actual product that these companies are uh, selling you, but like they always have these unrealistic expectations and then like the fans have these unrealistic expectations and nothing's met. But like, if it looks reasonable and the company's just being douchey, like I remember the fucking Mighty Number no. 9 guy was like, oh cool, a TV show's gonna happen. It's like, wait, is the game finished though? And they're like, don't worry about that. Worry about the new show. Back that now. I'm like, but what about the game? That's what I'm more concerned about. I don't give a fuck about the move of this TV show. That looks like crap. I want to see the game that you promised me, but I, but the show, I don't care about the show. And then they had like a whole new other, like concept game or concept. Art, but it's like, so does that mean mighty number no. nine is now a franchise? Is it picked up by cable networks? What happened to the TV show? Fuck that shit. Talk about this thing instead. And I'm like, Oh my yeah. god! This, this I forgot about the Mighty Number no. Nine game, and when it actually came out, I'm like, "Oh wait, they finished that," because I just completely fell off of it. And I'm like, "Man, this game looks like trash." And like, I I forgot that uh, Shaq Fu: The Legend Reborn was like another backed funded game, and apparently there was a guy who like paid so much for it, and he got super salty about it. I'm like, "Why would you pay a hundred dollars for it?" Yeah, I like, mean. I think the thing with all these crowdfunded games, pre-ordering, anything else gamers do that people like to complain about, uh, you should be okay with giving your money to people who've built up trust with you. You know, people who've delivered on their promises before, people who've shown that they're creators that you can trust. And when somebody comes out of nowhere and says, you know, oh, hey, I once helped color in Mega Man's elbow in 1989 you know it's like that's not the same as like we got all the level designers and programmers back together you know i mean people have to you know look through the marketing and see okay who is this is this somebody that i can trust is this someone who's lived up to promises before absolutely i think it's just that weaponization of nostalgia just gets to people but instead of weaponizing nostalgia we will weaponize the future with uh the end of this show i don't know i tried to do something fun to end the show or transition to the end but that's the end of this uh episode i hope you guys enjoyed chris is there any place we can find you on social media anywhere honestly not at the moment <laughs> okay that's fine I you can just... look at my linkedin if you want to hire me <laughs> <laughs> hey you heard them people we're looking i mean i'm not giving my linkedin out because screw that unless you guys actually want me to you can follow me on twitter at ianhan11 um it's also the unofficial website for lizard liquors uh the twitter anyway the actual website is lizardlickers.com we also have an instagram sorry we're a little running a little late here but you know hey 
We uh, had a lot of fun. Obviously, uh, it felt like it wasn't an hour. That's pretty cool. So, Chris, I hope you had fun on your first uh, episode, and we hope to see you next week. Yeah, it's been a great time. Thanks, Ian. Oh, anytime. We will uh, come back with a new name, hopefully, and uh, some new uh, topics to talk about. Oh, uh, and uh, I guess if we can leave you with any piece of advice, don't donate a fuck ton of money to Kickstarters. I think that's fair, right? That's fair. Yep. Well, this has been uh, Truth, Justice, and the Ian Ham Way, and hopefully we'll have a new uh, relaunch title and stuff uh, next week. We'll see you guys then. Take care. Bye, everyone.